Good evening, all. Hidden Treasures Revealed is on the air once again, Tuesday, April the 4th. We'll see where y'all wants us to go tonight uh, and have some interesting things to talk about. So thank you for joining us, and um, we'll be back here in just a moment with you. Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open, Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Well, I'm here this evening with my brothers Phil and Josh. Gentlemen, how are we doing this evening? Doing well. You, Sean? Well, I'm doing well. Um, Phil, you? No complaints from me. And if you do have complaints, you'll keep those to yourself. No, I'm just kidding. That's exactly right. That's why I said no complaints from me. Well, everybody, it's another functional Tuesday evening, and this is an interesting place we're going to start tonight. And um, I had don't know when it'll come out, if it's on this podcast or another time, but had just some information. I was just sitting at home before coming in tonight and, you know, really – goes along with this as well. We'll just see where, where mother takes it. But I had this on my mind. We in the gathering uh, this past Sunday, we were focusing more on the Socratic method, which the Socratic method is a method of searching for answers to gain and discover the truth by asking questions. And by the questions, the questions will lead you in different directions. And it's not a mindset that you're looking to find the absolute final answer and that's it and you go no further but it is searching for the truth and you will find answers but by spurning people ahead with questions it gets you to discover it for yourself and that's the one of the main focuses of the podcast is the information that we give and the information we get is directly from Yah. this is an information that we were taught in a a worldly seminary. This is an information that we just read a book somewhere and, you know, we just had this enlightenment and we just knew all these things. I mean, these are things that we've been talking about and discussing in the circular and spend many years of this. I mean, this, um, even when, and Josh, you being, um, you know, with us here tonight too, that we were having a prayer time many years ago and you were there, you came to that and that was almost 20 years ago. And Phil, even before that, was doing that. And so this is an accumulation of knowledge, but not only the knowledge, but gaining understanding of really experiencing, gaining what we've referred to many times as heart knowledge, meaning that you can really know something once you've experienced it. So, I mean, we say like we we were told to speak what we know and know what we speak. And that knowing is meaning that we've had experience with it. We've uh, gained understanding through that experience. And so with the Socratic method, it's to bring about questions. And even with the 
titles of the podcast, the titles of the podcast doesn't mean that that's the only thing we're going to be talking about. This is just starting out where mother wants us to go. And we got some information on this over the weekend because we were, uh, it was brought to us to bring out some topics about the Socratic method. And one that came to mind after asking uh, Yaf or, you know, what would they want for us to even talk about that I had this topic of social media come to mind. And what's interesting about this is that without social media, then you all wouldn't be hearing us right now. Other than if we were with you in person, if we came to visit you at your house or we had a meeting with you, we could still have conversation with you. But due to the, what I refer to as the social media platform of Podbean or, you know, we're with Podbean, but there's different ones that you can go to that we're able to broadcast the truth of God. And mother is the one that's really the chief engineer. She's the one that is in charge of the engineering, the marketing, and she gets the message out uh, the way that she wants to. And, you know, people can tune in and listen to what we're saying and mother will help the person to get the understanding. You know, she's the one that will open up somebody's mind to be able to, you know, see and understand that the truth that, you know, that we, we know cause we've experienced it. So it was the topic of social media. And the reason it came to my mind was, is that with the platform of social media now in today's society, we have so many different platforms. We've got Facebook, we've got, um, Snapchat, which I don't know if that's even used anymore. You've got Instagram, uh, different ones. I, I'm on Facebook. I don't, I've been on Instagram or TikTok. I don't go to those apps really very often, but you know, you've got YouTube, you've got Google. I mean, you know, really thinking about just social media, like interaction with society, you know, you have these different platforms, but it's, you know, how many people in today's world get their information from a newspaper. I mean, people still do get my neighbor across the street gets newspaper and he's one of maybe gosh, two or three people that I even see get newspapers anymore. I don't even really see them for sale that many places, but you go to the internet, you go to YouTube, you go to Facebook and you go to different news sites. Cause it's that instantaneous, you know, I want my news now. So I'm going to go to a platform that gives it to me instantly right now. I don't want to wait. Don't want to put in any effort. Just give it to me you know, give it to me right now. Well, and that's the, the society that we're in now is that give it to me now, you know, don't want it to be hard, want it to be easy. I don't want to go through all this stuff. Just give me, you know, with, you know, people we'd even say, well, you know, I want to be saved. All right, well, here it is. Give it to me quick and give it to me easy. Well, we know that it's the, the journey of faith in Yah is not about giving it to you easy. It's about, you seeking God with all your heart. And then as you seek God with all your heart, God will draw near to you. And then you'll move forward in the process as you go based on, you know, what you do. And then, you know, Yah comes to you and, and moves you through when they see, you know, fit for you to go to the next step. But I was just thinking about this, about me. It was just thinking about, you know, as we talked about pointing the finger at yourself, I was pointing at myself as like, and I was told by Yah just to really evaluate the time that you spend on things like that, like the YouTube, the television and stuff like that, because this isn't saying that you don't use social media. It doesn't mean we're not, I'm, we're not advocating that you don't go on Facebook, you don't go on Instagram, but what role does it have as those that claim faith in God? How should we be using this? You know, because obviously 
there's a reason that Yaz allowing us to use this platform of Podbean and, and to get it out and different ones that it's a, it's a platform to be able to get information to listen to and seek it out. But we are not the ones that you come to, to really gain the understanding of this. Really the point of this is get information out. And then people as moved by Yah that you start your own gathering. You start a gathering where just like us three are sitting here, you start a gathering where led by Yah and their truth that you're talking face to face that Josh, just like I'm looking you in the eyes that I can see your body language. I can see your, you know, your eyes went this way or your head went down or your head was up or, you know, you were looking this way or that way. And, you know, not that I'm, I'm just, I'm just decoding everything you're doing, but, but I can see, you know, if I say something or well, Josh, you seem like that took you by surprise. Do you have any questions or, well, if you do that by internet, you know, by a text message or by Facebook, you don't get that personal contact. You get, you know, I correspond with somebody or you like on our, you know, hidden treasures revealed, we have Facebook, we can put something on there and somebody can message us, but we're not there face to face. We're not there to really see or get in-depth information. It's just, you know, it, it's really not personal. It's just, you know, I can't see the emotion, can't see really, you know, have a really in-depth conversation because I'm not there face to face. And, you know, we got to be careful on how we use this because, you know, everything that Yah has made, the enemy has a counterfeit that the enemy is going to take the, the societal means of media and turning it for wickedness. So instead of it as a platform of getting information out to people, it can be used for corruption. It can be used for dysfunction to get a false message out and to get people to listen to what other people's opinions are and really hang on to that instead of really going to the source, which is Yah, to really get the information and really seek it out. And it's very interesting that those listening out there, when we say the word social media, um, I'm pretty confident that your mind would go to all of the apps of today. And here's an interesting thing. When you actually break down social and media, social has to do with, you know, an organized group of people, a society, you know, so what is a, a society of people, you know, you can look at the kingdom of God as a society. You know, it's got people and, you know, you say the United States of America, that's a society, you know, you have different states that have different groups and organizations. So think about it from social like society and then also media, which is a medium or a, a way of mass communication. So social media, as we use the term social media has been around from the beginning, because think about it, it's about a way of communication in a society. And we could even take this back and I'll give an example of this that, you know, those of you that may be scratching your head, well, no, social media was, you know, back in the nineties with, you know, for example, MySpace or, you know, it started at, I can't remember the name, but there's one that was considered the quote first social media, but it's gone back further than that. And, but just think about this, that it said that Yah, created man from the dust of the ground and breathed into their nostrils, the breath of life. Thus the man, you know, man, which was one being became a living creature. And then Yah put the man in a garden East in Eden. Well, Yah had communication with Adam and Eve because, 
you know, we get to a point where they're walking in the cool of the day, you know, and, and y'all reaches out even before that, you know, you can eat of any tree in the garden, but don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So there was social media back then because that was y'all communicating with them. And it was, you know, do we know exactly what it is? You know, was it just like I'm speaking to you, Josh, they actually heard an audible voice, you know, did they hear extrasensory perception that you have in your mind? You know, you can hear thoughts, you know, voices in your mind. You know, we don't, we can know for sure Yah can reveal that, but just coming to mind is that, you know, that Yah spoke to them and, you know, they even said, you know, you know, where are you, why are you hiding? What is this that you have done? And they went and hid, you know, and so really what this is, it, it's the, the mainstream form of communication. And it just came to mind to evaluate us as believers that, you know, we, the unbeliever will communicate. So your social media as an unbeliever would be the Bible because that's your way of social media. That's your way of connecting with God. That's your way of calling them. And for them to respond is you seek them in their word. And then the word of God, which is living and active, which is the living and active social media of them, their communication, them speaking to you, dreams, visions, direct contact, speaking through other people. And I mean, y'all can use whatever form of communication they want. And we're just in a society now where we're communicating with this platform of social media. But, you know, it's just like anything, you know, it's for those that are listening that are seeking with all your heart, evaluate what is the way that you're using the social media platform? Are you using it for, you know, you look on it to see people in your past or, you know, high school teammates or, friends, you know, relatives, what are they doing, you know, just to keep up to where you can have correspondence with people. And, um, you know, and, and again, this isn't advocating that it's wrong that any of this is done, but think about, and cause I'll just speak for me, like being in my forties that I remember when I was a kid that when we would go on trips with my parents to my grandparents or relatives, we didn't have, I mean, they had television, which is another means of social media, but we would sit around and just talk. Uh, they would make it a point to, Hey, we're going to visit somebody. We're turning the TV off and we're not, you know, we didn't have phones. Then we had like the real, you know, the phone where you use it as a phone, like Josh dialing the rotary dial, but you know, you had telephone, but it was really more of that face to face contact. I even was telling Phil yesterday that when I was younger, my next door neighbor, uh, was a homemaker and my mom was a homemaker, stayed at home. And she said, well, I want you to go next door and want you to borrow a cup of sugar. And in this day and age, you would think, I'm not going to talk to my neighbor. Maybe they could do something to me or they're, you know, they're kind of weird. I don't want to talk to them. And no, it was a thing. I went over, had a conversation, came back and, you know, she would call on the phone or walk next door. They would walk next door and visit and know the kids' names and know the schools they went to. And and it was just more, but that's the way it was because that, you know, it came from the beginning that it was that face-to-face conversation. And then, you know, as mankind went along, corruption kept going. We got more and more lazy. Well, I want everything done for me. I want it quicker and I don't want to have to work and I don't. And now we perceive that the social media platform is so much easier and so much better communication but I'll put that question out there for the Socratic conversation is, is the actual social media platform a better form of communication now than what it was back at the beginning? And we could go back to the very beginning or just let's say a hundred years ago, 
that, well, and people may say, well, no, it wasn't better because it was so much slower and you couldn't get quick answers. Well, that's a perception because just because you can get to somebody quicker or give a quick answer, is that really necessarily the most beneficial thing? Or is it more beneficial to actually get the information, talk it out, work through it, and really figure it out and really grow and expand it and give it time? And this isn't meaning that you rush anything or you delay, you know, it's that balance. But somebody may have like two, let's just say 1100 friends or somebody I looked up and it said they had 1100 friends on Facebook. And it came to mind to question them, do you have in your life one friend? Somebody that you could actually talk with and know who they are and actually share your feelings and your struggles and somebody that really understands and somebody that just, and I'll speak for me because this is one of the reasons why I got on Facebook is I was being nosy and I wanted to see people that, that I used to know that I don't have to communicate with them, but I can just hide and just kind of spy on them and they spy on me. And yeah, cause I don't really want a relationship with you. I just want to see, to compare my life to yours or see what you're doing. And so I can say, Oh, well, my life is better or your life is worse or, and you can just watch people. And you know, how easy is it to wish somebody a happy birthday on Facebook or, you know, give a message, but then how much more does it mean if the person actually comes to see you and calls you on the phone? And again, when I say this, I'm saying like, just pointing it at me that I don't do those things. And so is it really better to have that when you can have people around you that you don't even have really good communication with that you would say are your friends or your relatives, you know, you could have a parent or a sister or brother that lives 30 minutes away and you never talk to them, but you have people that are across the country and you Facebook or you message. So it's just bringing it around to really think about is the social media platform that is in use today for the gospel message and for faith, really the best form of communication to really have people come to faith and through discernment, my answer is no to that. But it doesn't mean that we don't use this platform to reach people to give information. But the main key is to take that information and to apply it and seek God with all your heart to where when you draw near to God, then Yah will draw near to you and Yah will speak to you and there isn't any better social media than having that communication one-on-one -on -one with Yah for them to actually, as you're seeking it with all your heart, that they say, hey, what about this? And, oh, my gosh, I never, wow, that's, and God actually speaks to me and I actually hear their voice. It isn't a feeling anymore or, well, I just have this feeling that God's speaking to me through their word, which they do. But Yah speaks directly to people. Sean and Philip start a church. Josh, evaluate this. Is that really what you should be doing? Find comfort in the struggle. Oh, so comfort isn't about they just give you comfort. It's about finding the comfort in, okay, well, that's, I didn't think of it from that perspective. And then, wow, that's directly from the source. So this is, just one of those topics, you know, that we've talked about before in the psychology of the mind. And I'm sure a lot of people have 
you know, different thoughts on this, but these are just the thoughts coming to mind because I just found myself even yesterday. It's just, I kept going back to the phone cause I had a Facebook notice and it's like, Facebook doesn't know me. How do they know that this is a good friend suggestion for me? This could be somebody that completely be somebody I don't want to associate with, but it has some kind of, I guess, algorithm or some kind of thing in it where people you've searched, it'll search friends and then find things. But if you think about it, that yeah, yeah is really the friend that everybody's looking for. They may not necessarily admit it, but they want the one that's loyal and the one that will text them and communicate and really be by their side. And, but in order to, you know, you've got to seek God with all your heart to get that friend request out there. And then you've got to be tested and proven until Yah will accept your friend request. If you're willing to crucify yourself with Christ and then therefore you can, you know, just using this as a, if you use as a platform that you would be on Facebook with Yah, meaning a face to face relationship. So, the platform itself and the means behind it, you know, is, is not necessarily bad because you can communicate with people, but ultimately the truth of the gospel is it's about face to face. It's about one-on-one contact and really having building those relationships with people in that society. Those that ultimately come to the fullness of faith that you become a family. And even Yeshua mentioned this, that they had said, Hey, you know, your mother and your brothers are here. And he said, you know, who are my mother? Who are my brothers? You know, the ones that obey and follow the will of my father. These are my sister, my brothers, my real family. So, you know, find your place to be in the family of God and find the place where you can, through communication with them, have social media contact with Yah, you know, ultimately where you can go uh, face to face. So those are my thoughts as we start, you know, Phil or Josh, any thoughts or anything uh, come to mind for you guys? So talking about Facebook in the face-to-face conversation versus through internet or phone or messenger, whatever platform you're using, you looked at me and you're like, I can see your body language. I can see your eyes. I can tell what you're doing. And all of those are social cues. That lets you know I'm engaging with you. I'm not looking off in the corner of the room, kind of just nodding along. Yeah, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. I'm looking at you eye to eye engaging with what you're saying, listening intently. And the Facebook aspect or any aspect, Instagram, anything like that, the amount of filtering that goes into that to put out a persona that's not real on most cases is where I would say it's a negative. If you're filtering what people see, it's going to be all glamour shots. Now, I'm not saying all people do that by all means. That's not what I'm getting at. But if that's the avenue that you use for your social media is to paint a picture of who you are that's completely fake and not real, that's a detriment. And looking at it from that point of view, seeing the pod bean and doing the podcast, it's a live show. There's no editing. There's no cutting in and out. There's no filtering done. It's just live. And that's the closest to a face-to-face that you can have because it's a phone conversation. Next thing would be face-to-face with someone, being FaceTime or video chatting. So this is a great avenue to speak to people because it's real. If someone makes a comment, you make a question, comes up, whatever it is, 
it's on the spot. It's not rehearsed. It's not edited. It's not paused for a moment to go do research and then come back. It's all done in the mind, in the moment, trusting in Yah. And the discipline we talked about on the last podcast I was with you on, we talked about you see the finished product of the race, but you don't see the daily grind of the effort and the endurance and the practice to get to that finish line, to see what it takes to actually run that race. And with social media, you don't see the daily grind of those individuals to get to that point. If they're an athlete or whatever it is, it's glamour shots. It's all their wins. It's all of their successes or maybe a loss or coming back from an injury, but it's not the day to day that goes through that. And again, not blanketing a statement on this. I'm just seeing that I know I would filter what I put on Facebook because I don't want everybody to know everything about me and have it sent out to the entire world. That's the old me. Now, I don't really use Facebook that often. Um, I got actually got hacked on Facebook yesterday, and I had about 15 people message me and say, hey, I got a message from you, people I haven't talked to in years. It was a picture about a sister who lost a sister or something, and it sent out a bunch of pictures to a bunch of people. So I had to get on there and change my password and things like that. But I'm never really on my Facebook. Here and now, I'll post pictures of me and my daughter or something with me and my wife. But for the most part, I'm not on social media very often. So again, just with that aspect of filtering, why are you filtering? And if you are filtering, are you doing it from a perspective that's beneficial or detrimental? Transparency we've talked about before as well. And that's an aspect of being completely open with who you are and opening up to someone face-to-face in a conversation and being real with them. So if you're going to filter your life to make people believe something that's not true about you. On the flip side with faith, we've talked about how we filter with Yah. The purpose of filtering is to remove or separate something from something. So by putting us through the word of God or through the teaching of Ema, that daily motion of doing that sifts out and points out like what you brought out, Josh, is this really beneficial? Thank you for letting me see that. I just got sifted and that got brought to the surface and nope, that frustration is not appropriate. I'm not going to be frustrated now. Why am I frustrated now? That's my job to then go through and look through the filter and say, where am I getting frustrated and what's the core reason so I can adjust that. So that way that issue gets less and less. That filtering, when it happens, there's less and less to pull out of it. So I just look at that from a filter aspect when it comes to social media and life. Are you filtering what people see about you? You know, are you being truly honest with who you are or are you hiding those things? And that's where I see social media can be a benefit or a detriment. Well, I even remember talking to my sister recently and, and this was out of her mouth. We didn't, we didn't just say, are oh, we're going to talk about Facebook or social media? She just said, yeah, I call it fake book. All right. So if she calls it fake book, then she knows either one, she's doing it or she looks around and she's like, I know this person. I know that they're not like that. And, um, it made me think about, we may have had this on a podcast before, or even if we didn't, it's been in in our gathering that one of the biggest things that people long for is acceptance. And because people will do pretty much anything and everything to be accepted by people. And if you're really feeling down or you're really struggling, you may think, well, all right, I'll put this out there to get attention so that people will 
give me likes or people will like my videos or I'll get on Instagram so that I can get attention from people, which can be a detriment to people because people just, everybody wants that self-esteem. They want to be liked. They want to be accepted. And we know from the word of God that Yah has a solution on how to be accepted. And that solution is if you do what is right, you will be accepted, accepted by God will help you to trump all other acceptance from other people. That's how Messiah was able to make it through his life and persevere and endure is that his focus wasn't on what other people thought of him. It was on what did my parents think of me? I'm accepted by them. It doesn't matter if you accept me or not. But if you are accepted by God, the people of God, you will be accepted by. So it isn't that you won't be accepted by anybody, but the people of God will accept you because Yah accepts you. So that's the society to be in is that ultimately the, if you think about like, for example, like the Facebook of God, we're told that the books were opened and everything is laid bare before God. Well, that's the thing you mentioned, transparency. Yah's looking for that transparency because how can you walk in repentance with God if you're not transparent with Yah? They can look at your heart and know what's there. And that's why they say, you know, that's why like, like they didn't know what Cain was doing. Like they couldn't discern that, but they said, where's your brother to test his heart? Well, are you going to repent of this? Are you going to, you know, lie, you know, try to get out of it? And they can see through that. And that's the thing. The being transparent is so huge because you get away from that hypocrisy, which hypocrisy means that you're making no effort to apply it to yourself. You're just pointing the finger at everybody else. But it just came to mind. The acceptance is such a huge deal because people will, I mean, even some people you think would take it to the point where they would commit suicide because they want to even just any attention, even with me dying, will somebody give me respect? Will somebody please just acknowledge me and just accept me? And well, yeah, I will do that, but they'll accept you. <laughs> if you're willing to accept them, then they're willing to accept you. It, it goes both ways. You know, you've got to meet in the middle. You know, we just talked about that if you, you have to seek that acceptance in order for Yod to then turn around and be willing to accept you, they don't just blanket accept everybody, but that's the teaching that's out there. Well, you know, you accept Jesus and Yah accepts everybody. They accept you for who you are. They'll accept you where you are when you seek with all your heart, but they're not acceptable of you staying where you are and not finding a place of no sin. That's the truth. But just so many, it just came to mind that even for me, that if, and it's in your lower conscience because of all the stuff that you put in. Well, I want to be accepted. I want things to feel good. And, you know, I'm not feeling good. So let me get away from that and get something on Facebook or Instagram. I want to feel good. I want to just have that good feeling again. And I can't remember if we talked about this, but the author, I think it's either a psychologist or a psychiatrist, Jordan Peterson, that he had said something that he was talking about, you know, really, what is your life? That your life is about little moments you know, things that people take for granted that, you know, your life isn't, you know, sitting on a beach and, and having the cold drinks and things, which you have moments of that, but your life is conversation in the morning over coffee is driving in a car and having conversation, conversations before and after work, just different. That ultimately your life is a summation of those conversations with certain people, but people want to look at it like, well, yeah, you know, this is the good life and this is the paradise. And no, the paradise is the ultimate place where you can have peace in your mind, knowing the truth of God and applying it and having a relationship with God. That's where the peace is. It's not you going to a place and everything is just, you know, simple and easy and 
and really social media and the world today paints a picture that life should be easy and life is all good and you know, or everybody else is crazy. Everybody else is the idiot. And you know, some of this stuff like you, it, it gives you a way where you don't have to be accountable that you can just put anything you want out there. And, you know, it doesn't matter because I don't have to answer for this. And no, we've been teaching, well, being taught by Yah that no, you be prepared to give a good answer. You know, don't put something out there that if you don't know the answer, don't just be given opinions out there, just left and right, you know, make sure you know what you're doing. So yeah, this is just uh, social media has been around from the beginning and Yah uses the media of the society at that point, Messiah, you know, at that point was the, the source of the information to get it to people. But ultimately that you will not find a relationship with God going through social media and just getting on Facebook or Instagram and, you know, having all this information, it'll be where you've got to seek it out with all your heart, you know, through that personal relationship. But yeah, I still will use this as a medium because we're not able to physically, now we could be physically taken to other countries because we know from Philip in the Bible that mother, you know, whisked him away to where he went other places. But this is a way to reach people all across the world with the truth. But if the person doesn't apply that truth, then their life isn't going to change. Now we, cause all we are is just servants of God, just giving the information one waters, you know, one plants, but Yah's the one that will give the person the ability to understand because Yah tells people that, Hey, if you want the insight and understand, you've got to cry aloud for it. You've got to seek it like hidden treasure. You've got to do the work, but this is just another way of Yah saying, okay, now we're going to put this on the table and give you opportunity to pick it up. But You've got to pick it up and apply it just like we did. And who knows, just like the word says that Yah will come to you or someone and say, hey, such and such, you start a church now. You have enough information and you go the path that other people have gone because don't think that we're the only ones that have this, that there's other people that Yah are either using now and will will be working through others. So this is just a way for Yah to get the truth out there for people to evaluate and you all seek it out and you look into it and you will find the same truth that we had. And you'll find that what you find will line up with what we're talking about because it's the absolute truth of God. Well, before I talk about social media, I want to go back to the concept of Socratic for just for the uh, knowledgeable understanding of people who are listening. And if you want to have a Socratic conversation with somebody, there's uh, important things that you need to know about that conversation. In a Socratic conversation, the objective in it is not for you to convince somebody else of what you're speaking is true. Even if you know it's true with absolution, it doesn't mean that there aren't times where you're going to make statements and you know, this is the way it is. But in the midst of having a conversation, the objective in a Socratic conversation is that you are optimizing your ability to learn what you need to know. It's not supposed to be about you 
trying to teach somebody else what they need to learn or you need to understand this because I understand it. And so I'm going to convince you of it instead of, no, I I just want to know truth. I want to be able to line things up from a philosophical perspective that makes sense and are logical. And therefore we have conversations and yes, I can make statements, but I'm not going to try to convince you of that statement. I don't need to. If I know that it's absolute truth, I don't have to convince you of it. It's up to you for you to discover what the truth is about it. And if you have two people that are just searching for truth, that just want to know the answers for themselves, and they're not trying to convince somebody else, then you have a nice Socratic conversation. Unfortunately, with social media, it's quite the opposite. It's about everybody wants to try to convince everybody else of what they're doing. And we've talked about it on, on this podcast. Our objective goal is to Socratically put the information out there, not to try to convince people, just to let them know that, hey, there's more to this faith in God than has been brought out in this day and age in the church. And you need to know it, but I can't convince you of it. You seek God with all of your heart, and you'll see the things that we're saying are true. That's just a matter of fact. And so we want to make sure, you know, if we engage with somebody in a Socratic conversation, it really should be more question back and forth well, what about this? Have you thought about this perspective and this? Okay, well, because in that, what you're doing is you're thinking it through in your mind and you're really trying to figure it out for yourself. When you're trying to convince somebody else, that is not a Socratic conversation. That is what we call a lecture, where you're just lecturing to people because you need to know this information and I'm going to convince you of it. No, I know for me, it's not my job or my responsibility to convince anybody else except for myself. And in order for me to convince myself, doing it from a Socratic method is the best perspective. Because why does it matter to me if you don't agree that what I am saying is true if I know with absolution from God it is. I don't need to get upset. I don't need to get mad. It doesn't matter. But people get upset and they get mad because they're not they're not being heard or you know you're you're not listening to me because really you're not letting me convince you of what I'm trying to convince you of. And so that's just uh, some important stuff when we talk about uh, Socratic conversation. If you're truly going to be Socratic, it cannot be you convincing somebody else. It has to be both people convincing themselves as they talk through and talk out whatever the uh, situation or the question or the truth that they're seeking after, just having those discussions. And that was the whole concept of Socrates when he was, you know, this is 
named after him that it's just a, hey, I want to know the truth. That, that was one of my things with God. God, I want to know the truth. I don't care how it affects me. I want to know the truth because you can't know the truth of God and not have it affect you because it's going to affect you, especially with the programming that you've had in this day, in this age, in this church, in this world. And just before you move on with your what you had on social media, just that not only will we not attempt to any longer convince anybody of anything, that it is not possible for us to convince anybody because we talked about free will choice, that free will choice exists and choice exists so that you have to choose to accept whatever somebody is saying that, because if not, even if I attempted to force it on you, you still have to say, okay, I accept it. But you may say, well, or you may still not even understand it. But the thing is, is you have to have your mind open to be willing to take it in. But the power lies in is that you've got to come to the point where you've got to decide that, you know, this is true and I agree with this, but it isn't like a magic, like little blanket that comes over you that, okay, now I understand you've convinced me that you, you have to be convinced in your own mind. And that's what Yah does. Yah doesn't force anything on anybody to convince you. It's that they put it on you and you evaluate it. And then, oh, mother does her work of conviction to where do you see? Oh, I never saw that. Okay. So let mother do her work. But I just wanted to, it came to mind to interject to make sure that, that not only will we not attempt to, but we cannot make anybody understand what the truth of God is. They have to discover it. Well, and my thing is, is that I don't care that you agree with me. And some people would say, well, that's kind of harsh. No, it's not. What I care is that you find knowledge of what we're speaking about. And knowledge has to come through experience. You have to experience something for you to have true knowledge, for you to know it. You have to experience it. And so it's just, it, it, for me, I don't need to convince anybody. I'm not going to try to convince anybody. If somebody listens and they want to know the truth, they will do the same thing. They'll go to God and say, God, you know what? I want to know the truth, no matter how it affects me. And just show me whatever it is that you want to show me and let God take care of the rest of it. The platform of social media, like has been spoken about, has been around since the very beginning because it's a, a medium. It's, it's a, a, a middle place of information for the society. And ever since God's creation, even the creation itself was a medium for people to recognize that God exists. So the problem is not the platform's of social media, whether you look at Facebook or TikTok, or it, it, it has nothing to do with the platform. It has to do with the content that is being put out on that platform. And unfortunately we live in a world today where people are just accepting the craziness that's being spoken of, of people who claim to have faith in God, but yet they don't because they want the easy, quick, the quick fix 
Well, accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. You'll be saved. Nothing else you have to do. You'll be you'll be all right. You'll be in the kingdom. Messiah takes away your sins. That's done. That's what people are looking for because that's the easy way. But it doesn't come that way. It comes from work. And the the problem that we have is all the quote unquote advances in this, you know, like great technology. It has everything to do with making us lazy. That that's a fact. You got automated machines in a factory doing most of the work and you have people that are just monitoring those machines. And those people wonder why we live in a day and age where ah, I don't understand how I got so fat. I don't I got all this extra weight and I don't understand because people are going after the easy, the the get it done quick. You know, when you had to go out and work in the farmers' fields and you had to work it, you didn't you know, you you worked off what you ate. And you probably ate more than you could eat now, but you actually were doing physical things. And so the technology does not make your life better. It actually makes it worse, but people perceive that it makes it better. How can we look at societies in the past that didn't have the type of technology that we have today as greater intelligence than us. And we're looking to the technology of today thinking it's getting better. No, it's a continual spiral away. And so the issue with social media, because we know the medium uh, for society, the information for society has been out since the creation of the world. God made the creation so that man would be without excuse. And then if you uh, reject the fact that God lives, you're just suppressing what you already know because that medium has already been put out there for the social and nobody can get away from it. You, you cannot get away from it. The biggest thing with it is that in this day and age, yes, the information gets out there quicker. You know, Paul in his day, he had to, to pen a letter or somebody else penned it for him. Uh, there are times where he said, I write this in my own, in my own hand or with my own hand. Uh, but he had to write the letter and then somebody had to transport that letter, not by uh, car, but by either camel or, you know, horseback or, or donkeys or however it had to be carried to another place. And then they read the information. Doesn't matter the speed that you get it. What matters is do you understand it? And just because you have head knowledge about things, you don't understand it. You have knowledge, but you don't have heart knowledge because heart knowledge is what brings understanding. You cannot understand something if you haven't experienced it. You can only think about it and think about what it might be like. But the reality is, is that 
unless you've experienced it, you can't know it. And that's why, like, for us, we sit here and we talk about Christianity. Why? Because we know it. We had heart knowledge of Christianity. We walked through what they say you're supposed to do. And because we went much farther than anybody is going in Christianity, somehow we're the crazy ones and we're the problem and we're the issue rather than no, we, we need to, we need to go past. We even need from where we are today, we need by tomorrow to be able to go farther than we can go today. That's the whole objective of advancing and growing within the faith. And so just keep in mind that because a lot of people say, well, social media is bad and, you know, because all this stuff out there. Yeah, it, it was out there anyway. I mean, you got prostitutes today. You had them back in the, the days with the temple. They even had temple prostitutes. Now, I'm not saying God ordained that. It was just that that's what they did back. But it wasn't. It's nothing new. It's just that it's more predominant today than it was back then. But it was there. I mean, it, that's the whole concept is it's always been there just in a slightly different form but now with social media you are getting more and more of the access to the trash and the garbage that's out there why is that well guess what they call satan the prince of the power of the air so he's got power to take and twist words that come through the air so that when they hit your ear, they hit your ear with a attitude or a, uh, a sadness or a, however he wants, he wants it, an anger edge, a frustration edge, because he's going to take and he's continually distorted the word of God that people have been going because they haven't stayed steadfast to what Paul said, and they did not stay steadfast to what Messiah said. Watch for the false prophets and false teachers who will come and be among you. And yeah, you got some groups that are out there calling out some of these televangelists and all that. We don't need to call anybody out. All we have to do is know the truth, and when you know the truth, it'll be revealed to you who the false prophets are. What what benefit is it for me for you to tell for me to tell you that such and such is a false prophet? That that that's no benefit to me. The benefit is for you if you're listening to the truth of God. Wow. Well, those people aren't teaching what the Bible says. It sounds like they are at first, but when you look into it, it's not the same. So, wow, they're false teachers. And if there were false teachers in the day that Paul was preaching and Paul spoke about them, how much more is corruption has gone on? And so the speed of social media just gives the enemy a, a quicker response time to their work and their work is within people look look at it on faith you know people have arguments and fights on facebook and they try to throw the other person under the bus by you know calling them different names and saying all the stuff that they did to make them look bad 
And when I see that stuff, I'm like, but that makes you look just as bad. Why do you have to throw somebody out there because they did you wrong? Well, they did me wrong and everybody needs to know. Yeah, but you get mad when somebody throws your name out there from a, a bad perspective. So just just wanted to say that keep in mind with social media, it's not the platforms that are the problem. Because, I mean, yes, could they regulate it? Could they control it? Could they censor it? They could. But the objective goal is you think, you evaluate, you decide that when you put something out there, is this really appropriate? Is it really true? Why? I mean, it's like, Josh, I, I could ask you this question, you know, and you made a statement. Occasionally you'll post a picture of your uh, yourself and your daughter or your you know, your wife will post a picture. Do you, do you sit back and think about first why am I, what is the core purpose of why I'm putting this picture of myself and my daughter? And I'm not just talking about you, me, Sean, anybody. What is the core reason why I'm doing that? Why do other people need to see my intimate family life? So that's just a, an aspect and you can answer if you want. It's, I, uh, I just, it, it just comes to mind that people don't think about why they're doing what they're doing. What is the core that's driving it? And it, there is, it's in lower conscience, but. Well, just on that thought, I mean, we've talked about this before. When something comes out of your mouth, it is for you to evaluate and apply and put it back to yourself and making a comment and an illustration about sifting something being brought to my attention. Why do you post up on Facebook? Now I get the opportunity to go back and say, okay, what is the core reason? This is the sifting aspect of, is this really beneficial or not? And I'm not saying it is or not, because I haven't had time to go through that, but it now comes back to, this is an opportunity for me to put that whole aspect of Facebook and what I do with my life through the filter of YAH and have conversation with mother and mother, show me why I'm doing this. Show me What's the core reason behind this? And then once that's done, I have knowledge on it. And when you spoke about knowledge, it brought back, uh, we've had this conversation before, I believe, that head knowledge about any topic is head knowledge. And when you take the knowledge and apply it to something, like an action or going through the process of doing it, then it becomes wisdom because now you can understand it. I can sit here and explain to Sean or you, about rock climbing and how to do it and all of those things, but you don't have heart knowledge on it until you get on a rock and you're a hundred feet up in the air and you got to make the move that I tell you to move or whatever it is. That's a whole different aspect. So just like with what you brought out about the Facebook for me, now I get to take that knowledge and go ask mother and have more conversation about it and dig down to why do I do this? And then once that's done, that head knowledge then gets transformed to wisdom because a decision will be made at that point. And then once that decision is made, an action will follow that. And then that carries out the process of knowledge to wisdom. Well, yeah. And just real quick, I'm going to, I'm going to lay out the three steps of uh, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Because people listening may not, you know, we've talked about this before, but they may not have heard it. And so... 
knowledge is you knowing like information, knowledge is information. Okay. So when we say knowledge, that means like a teacher tells you two plus two is four. Okay. That's, that's knowledge. Okay. But in order for you to understand that, like Josh was saying, you have to put that into practice, which means, okay, I'm going to take these two apples and I'm going to put two more apples with them. And that's one, two, three. Oh, that two plus two is four. Okay. Now I understand it. Okay. The whole concept is get knowledge, which knowledge is good but get understanding and don't just get understanding, but get wisdom because knowledge is good, but it's not understanding until it's heart knowledge, until you have the experience and it's not wisdom until you have the solution. So you have the uh, knowledge, then you have to take that knowledge and apply it. So now you've been through it and you understand what it's like. Then the wisdom comes in. Okay, now I understand this issue or this problem that I'm having. How do I solve the issue? And once you've figured out how to solve the issue, now you have wisdom about that issue. So it is a threefold step, just like, you know, just like the uh, the things of Yah, Abba, Yosha and Ema, mother, you have to have knowledge. That knowledge must turn into understanding, and it can only turn into understanding by you experiencing it. And then after you experience it, then you have a solution. So you don't have to, if it's something negative, you don't have to experience that again. And if it's something positive, you have the solution so that you can experience it again. And so those are just the, the three steps just kind of laid out so that people understand. Just because you have a lot of information, people say, oh, you're wise. You're wise. You, you, you know all this stuff. No, I, you can know tons of stuff. You know, it, it doesn't matter. But it like you want to be a resounding gong. You, you got all this information and you can tell everybody this, that, and the other. And, but you don't have love. You don't have wisdom because you didn't experience it, you have nothing. And the objective goal is to take the knowledge that you get, take it to understanding, and then find the solution and you will have wisdom. That way, when when you do that with the speck or the, the log in your eye, then you have the ability to help somebody with the speck. Why? Because I, okay, I have knowledge of this log that's in my eye. I have knowledge of how big it is. Now I'm going to experience. So I have the heart knowledge of it. And after I have the heart knowledge of it, then I figure out a solution so I can get rid of that log out of my eye. Now I have wisdom because I know how to get the log out of my eye. I can help you with the speck in your eye because I've, I've done more work on myself than I'm going to do on you. And that's the objective goal is do more work on yourself than the person you're trying to help. Well, it just goes to that you, 
unless you have the wisdom, you really can't help somebody because you haven't figured out the solution yourself. So it's like, all right, well, like the blind leading the blind, why did both fall into the pit? Because you haven't gained the solution that you're just both walking around blind, you know, to where like the dentist, the dentist has found the solution to getting rid of the cavity. They know how to do it. So you go to them to get wisdom on, you know, like your wisdom teeth, which I don't know why it's called wisdom teeth, but that just came to mind, but that, you know, you, you go to them or a doctor or whatever to get the, whatever, um, not product, but whatever um, procedure that you need to get done. But if they don't, haven't been to dental school and they don't understand like, like when the doctor or dentist goes to school, do they immediately go to surgery on the first day? No. What do they get? Knowledge first, anatomy, the, the teeth. You, do you think a dentist doesn't know the molars, the incisors, you know, the gums that, why don't they don't know any of that stuff? So, well, no, they don't even know, you know, that you go to the dentist and they're like, okay, open your eyes. You mean my mouth? No, open your eyes so I can see your teeth. Well, your teeth are in your mouth. So you don't, did you study the mouth? No, I didn't. Then no, then I'm, and we kind of laugh at this, but it's true. It's just, you go to a music teacher. I can't read music. So how are you going to teach me how to read music? You've never, what? And, And that's the thing. That's why Yah is telling us that don't go out and teach people. If you're not first being taught by the law that you who want to teach the law, do you not hear the law? Do you steal? You who tell people don't to steal, that you should have wisdom to know that that to not steal means this or that. And and that's the thing. But I just thought about this, that think about the social media in the day of Yeshua. Were people listening to the true social media of God or were they listening to the social media in the world? you know, get rid of him, put him to death because he's, and it's the same thing as people are on Facebook. Well, he's not the son of God. He's the, he's marrying Joseph's son. And you could just see him on Facebook. Well, this guy thinks he's the Messiah and he's just, no, he's not. He's this, or no, he's a prophet. And you could just see the little responses you could scroll up and then no, he, you know, and then he would say, I'm not on this Facebook. I'm, I'm speaking of my father and we, we don't believe in that platform. We're on the Moses side here. And if you're not a Moses, then, you know, I'm not going to listen to you. So the same things are going on. I mean, the same thing in the world today, I was just watching online before coming over, there's something going on with Donald Trump getting indicted and stuff. And it's like, you know, he's being treated this way and that way. And it's like, he's not the only one that was put out there like that, that, that people want to get rid of him. And the same thing happened to Messiah and the same thing will happen to you when you take a stand and he's being treated unfair. And it's like, well, what is what side is the media on? There's some that are on his side. There's some that aren't. And and that's the thing, like with the, the social media of God, then make sure that you're on the right media platform and that you're listening to the right social media, that you're listening to God. You're not listening to the things of the world and what other people are telling you because you have to be willing to put one social media aside to go to the other social media. You know, you, the word of God is a very functional platform. Make sure you're getting your information from the word of God. You're not getting it from the world because the world is going to have trickery and deceit. But no, that's why it says that in the last times that these miracles that are going to come would even deceive the elect if that were possible. But if you're on the social media of God, then you have mother that's given you, do you see, do you see through discernment that through wisdom that, this isn't the son of God. This isn't Yeshua because is this what he said? Do you see as lightning is from the east and the west? 
And are you seeing that? And didn't he tell you that if he says he's here or there, don't go? So don't, you know, it's not him. What's the message? Is the message repentance, obedience, and trust? Or is the message make a quick decision and I'm accepting of all sin? Yeah, you can keep sinning. I've forgiven it. And no, because you'll be, you've, we've been on that platform for so long that, no, I'm not listening to that. That's fake news. You know, somebody says, well, this is, you know, you know, Jesus does this or does that. And it's like, no, that's just the fake news network or whatever. I'm not listening to that. I'm even, don't even need to hear it. But yeah, this is, and I, and even coming to mind that we, you can put it as social media, like Facebook, TikTok, but I mean, think about television. Like when I was a kid, you watch television and movies and all that information that gets in your mind and gets in your lower conscience and music. And so it's not just the, what's referred to as the quote, social media platform of these different apps and things. But I mean, it's the music. I mean, cause we even had a lesson on, you know, Satanism in the music industry, all the, um, you know, backwards lyrics and the, um, subliminal messages and different things that are being said in music that you're listening to and those beats and those rhythms. And that draws you in. So, I mean, this is this, the Prince of the power of the air is a huge thing because those radio waves and all that that's out there that how long have they been there? I mean, all this information that's coming in and, you know, you've got to be self-controlled to turn it off and turn on something else. Cause if not, and you let it get in your lower conscience that you get yourself programmed and then you go in a certain direction. And, and that's the thing with this is for people to just evaluate and, you know, very good question. You know, why, why do you do what you do? That's something that Yah brought to us not too long ago, but that's the lower conscience that we should be knowing while we're doing what we're doing, because then in, in that, that way we can be self-controlled and we're not letting somebody else control what we do. And, um, you know, I'd even say for me, for me with Facebook, it's, you know, to get attention, you know, to say, Hey, I'm out there. Hey, I want you to see my dog. I want you to see, or I want people to respond to my message. Like a lot of times I'll send text messages out just, you know, hoping somebody will respond, not that they have to, but Hey, I like getting that response. And you, you know, you'll get that, Hey, thanks. Or yeah, I got a response. You know, a lot of it is, you know, just to be, get acceptance or get attention from people. I just, you were talking about the platform that's gone through everything throughout our lives and has conditioned us to this. It, I listened to the first podcast again the other day about brainwashing. And I just look at that going right back into that brainwashing that some of the stuff you don't control, you don't control all of the advertising that you drive by and see on a regular basis. You don't control the advertising when you walk into a store and that's out there and that's programming and that's in your mind. If you watch TV as a kid, you're not sitting there as a five-year-old kid thinking more commercials. Well, you're going to watch through the commercials to see your show again because you don't want to miss your show. How many commercials were you exposed to as a kid that you probably shouldn't have been exposed to if I think about it? I mean, I can sit there and think about shows and things that I watched and stuff that was exposed that I should not have been exposed to as a young kid because I wasn't being monitored. So just that that's where those thoughts went to that we talk about that programming that's in there. I mean, brainwashing is a huge aspect of that program because it's throughout everything in your life and you can't really control that. You can only work on that as you realize it's taking place from that moment. You realize it, you can work forward from that, but you can't control some of the stuff that happens to you as a child. And 
here's a big part of what the problem with the media is and not i'm not talking just news i'm talking any medium that's that's out there is that we look at it from the wrong perspective it's looked at as okay well what do you have you have uh movies that are rated p or g then pg now pg-13 and then r and then x and so so okay so the g movies are for the kids the pg movies are for the the uh teenagers and then so each level you know we we move it here's the problem all that garbage that people watch if you watch rated R movies and don't let your kids watch them, guess what? They're going to grow up to watch rated R movies because that's their programming. They, they weren't watching them with you, but they knew you were watching them. And here's the thing. Okay. Should I, as a parent be watching a show that I wouldn't let my kid watch? Cause one, why am I not letting the kid watch it? You know, and and I'm talking about anything because there are some things like you might have documentaries on uh, different aspects of, uh, uh, I don't know, one's not coming to mind right now, but you, you have documentaries where you might be like, oh, that's a little bit um, more information than they maybe, you know, maybe they need to have. Or, but it's like, no, the objective goal is if it's good information and it's good for everybody then what we do is we teach the child about it. We, we say, okay, you see, you, you saw this, okay, but let's talk about it because the objective goal behind it is that we shouldn't be separating what we should watch because God wouldn't do that. Messiah wouldn't do that. He wouldn't sit there, all right, all right, the kids are going, all right, break out the rated R movies. Let's go watch them. No, no. Keep yourself pure. How do you keep yourself pure? Come to me as like one of these little kids. So stop making excuses for yourself to continue in evil and wicked behavior just because you're older. Just because you're older does not mean you're an adult. <laughs> by, by definition, maybe. But that's not the reality. And here's something that I thought about when we're talking about knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. And this, I put this out there for anybody who's still holding on to Christianity. Uh, I, I put this out as a challenge. Okay. You listen to preachers and teachers, pastors and priests telling you to not sin. Okay, they have knowledge and understanding of sin. They absolutely have knowledge and, and understanding of sin. But they have absolutely no wisdom because they do not have the solution. They have the knowledge of it because, well, I know I sin. They have the heart knowledge of it because I sin. But they don't have the wisdom because they can't stop sinning. And therefore, they don't have the solution and if they don't have the solution, 
why are you listening to them? Why are you letting them direct you to do something that they themselves cannot do? Just like we talked about, if your your trumpet teacher in college never played the trumpet before in his life, did he? No. No, I mean, I'd be ridiculous. I mean, just be like, you wouldn't study with them because what am I going to learn from you? You haven't done anything that, like, I want to be a professional musician and you never played in a professional orchestra. What can you teach me? Well, and so, okay, well, he, okay, Sean, I get it. Okay, so he could blow on the trumpet and make a noise and, you know, so and and because he was doing that, he he knew how to play the trumpet and he had wisdom of it. No, he didn't have wisdom. He had heart knowledge. Yeah, if I blow, if I blow, it's going to make a noise. But is it really a note? Is it a note that can you play these notes together? And no. I'm sure that your trumpet teacher had wisdom because he went through the process to understand how to do it first in order to be able to be hired as a professor to teach you how to do it yourself. That's that's logical, sensible stuff that we look at in the world. If you want to be a business major, you're not going to go to somebody uh, for help who's homeless on the street who has no business. That's a fact of it. But yet you'll go to a pastor, a preacher, teacher, a priest, and they will tell you that, yes, I have knowledge of sin. Yes, I have understanding of sin because I sin. But they cannot claim they have wisdom of sin because wisdom of sin would be the solution that is given through faith in Messiah in order to not have sin, and therefore they shouldn't be preaching and teaching, but it's not, it's not on them. It's on the people who listen to them. And that's what I, I put this out there to the people who are listening, still holding on to Christianity, challenge those teachers, put the challenge to them. Say, okay, we talk about, we have to get away from sin. We know the Bible says that. So teach me how to do it. And if they can't teach you how to do it, then get away from them. Go to something else. Because you may as well uh, renounce that Christianity or whatever that is because they can't teach you. They can't tell you what you need, how you need to do it so that you can escape from that. And what's interesting is the grace of God is more is less about salvation and more about your opportunity you're given the opportunity when you walk the life of messiah to eliminate sin that you could never have done if he didn't do what he did okay so you could have never done it but when you do that then salvation comes because salvation is second to it the grace is the fact that you have the opportunity to find a place without sin. And the only way to do that is to walk as Messiah did, to walk a sin-free life. And if you can't teach people how to do it, you will answer to God in the end when you sit there and say, well, we all sin. We all sin. No, 
You're, you're going to answer to God, and God's going to say, you sinned, right? Yep. Well, the wages of sin is death over here on this side, getting this line, headed to the abyss. That's the, the reality of it. So we wouldn't go to a dentist with no teeth in his mouth. We wouldn't go to a doctor who has open cuts and wounds and and maggots all over them. We wouldn't go to uh, somebody on the street looking for good business sense. You know, you don't go to, you, you want to figure out what's wrong with your car. You don't go to the math teacher. But yet, people have been convinced and brainwashed to follow the lies that the social media platform of Christianity, which is based, yes, truth when they read the Bible. But if you can't have the wisdom to be able to apply what you're telling other people they need to do, then you need to get that log out of your own eye. Then you might be able to help somebody with the spec in theirs. This thought just came to mind that the word of the the word of the Lord is living and active, sharper than any double edged sword. So, the truth of God, just like social media, the the word of God is living and active. It, it's a it's the truth, and you go on that platform and seek after it that you'll get information, you'll get, inf- you know, knowledge, understanding. And um, th- when you were talking about the, my trumpet teacher, I thought about a movie that I saw recently that I'd seen years ago called Lean On Me and talking about the, the, a guy named Joe Clark that was getting rid of some kind of, um, it was back in, I can't remember what say, might've been Baltimore or something where he was in a school and they needed to get the test scores up and get rid of all the people that were doing the drugs and all that. And this just came to mind when you were talking about this is that he had gotten all the teachers in a, the gym and he said that the failure is not the students, it's you. And I was like, I wonder what he's going to say. And he says that, you know, go on this side and you go on this side. And he says, this is showing the, the kids that failed versus the ones that passed. Like they only had like maybe, maybe I'm just guessing 10%, but he said, hold your hands up. And he says, it's your fault you know, that they failed and they were like, well, how is it our fault? You know, the parents did that and that. And he was like, well, how much time do you spend with them? How much time do you have after school time? How much? And the point of this being is not that it would be, you would be perfect in it, that you could, it's your fault for every kid. But it just made me think about that. You're the teacher. You have the solution. You've got the heart knowledge of this. And if you're a good teacher, then you should have the wisdom to be able to reach students to where Yes, there's going to be people that choose that they don't want to hear it. And would that be difficult? But okay, well, isn't that part of your teacher training that you have difficulty with students? And well, what do you do to figure it out? And I know that now there's, you know, a lot more escalated problems and things, but that really makes me think about that if you're claiming to teach somebody that, well, it's your fault that you don't understand it. No. How are you as a teacher? How are you presenting it? Are you doing it in a fair, just, functional way? so that the person has the best opportunity to be able to get conviction and understand it. So instead of just saying, well, you know, you know, Josh, you'll never come to this. Well, but that just shows you that you're not a good teacher because you would actually say that to somebody, then you have no solution 
unless that person has blasphemed mother and walked away from faith, they are not ever going to be lost unless they die. So don't you ever give up on somebody and say that they can't come to it. What kind of teacher are you to say that? But you just think, well, just they don't agree with me. I'm, I'm not able to convince him. And we're not going to mention the person, but you know who I'm talking about, that experience that you had. But if they were a functional teacher with mother within, they would say, yeah, I forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He's not too far gone. He's just at a place where he doesn't want to hear it. But I tell you what, when he wants to hear it and seek with all of his heart, he's going to find it. And, you know, Josh, I have confidence that when you really seek for this, you've got the intelligence, you will find it. Wow, this person really believes it. You know what? I might listen to that. That makes sense. And so it was just, I was just sitting there thinking about the responsibility. We have a high calling doing what we're doing. It's a huge responsibility, but it's not to carry the weight to make sure everybody understands it. It's to make sure that what we're presenting is the truth and it is the solution and it is appropriate because teachers are told that they will be given a stricter judgment. Why? Because you're the one that is professing this as truth. Make sure that it is our truth, that it's not yours and that you know what you're talking about. So make sure that when we're on the social media, that um, this is really speaking to me about that. It's not the platform's issue. It's the content because I know that for me that, yeah, you would, well, you know, everybody's in bed. I'll just get the internet on. And, and it's like, but what would happen if somebody walks in, you know, you're like, you know, getting the remote to turn it off. Well, that's, but if it was right to do, then what are you watching? Oh, I'm watching, you know, gun smoke, or I'm watching little house on the prairie, or I'm watching this movie, but you're, well, why are you watching that? Well, I just, you know, I don't know why I'm watching it. Or you may not know, or it might be lower programming or something you did as a kid, but it's true. It's like, because you, you go to hide it. And why do you do that? Cause it's not appropriate. So that, that's a, a good lesson that just, you know, why do people do the things they do because they see other people doing them and then they get programmed. Well, it's okay for me to do it. Cause dad or mom does it. So of course it's okay to do it, but you know, making sure that it is from, you know, a godly perspective. Well, and we've, th this just coming to mind, we've talked about, well, John mentioned, you know, meeting with you guys for a long, long time. And, um, at one point going in the process of transferring out to a well-known Christian college and visiting that college on a regular basis and actually sitting in classes and listening to professors talk about things and that journey we were on, you guys were definitely taking that journey a lot faster than me, but still coming along and hearing wisdom from you guys, hearing knowledge from you guys and being able to apply that in my life, sitting in those classes and hearing what was being talked about that I was like, that's a good point. That's a good point. And then I'm like, that doesn't line up with scripture and not calling the professor out on it. Cause that would be wrong. I was sitting in on their class as a guest, but to hear what was being taught, I'm like, mm, that doesn't make sense. So we're in here learning how to talk to people about God, but isn't the whole concept of Yusha coming is so that we can talk directly to God? So why are we teaching people to teach people about someone when the ultimate sacrifice was so that that individual, every individual, can have a direct line of communication with Yah? And that's the whole point. So why do I need to teach you what Yah said when you have the capability to hear what Yah said? Now, when I say that, I'm not taking out the fact that 
watering down the truth of Yah that that's happened and that there's a lost and a lot of misinformation out there that has really interrupted that direct line of communication so that people don't realize they can have that. What I'm getting at is a piece of paper from another man telling me that this man heard me talk enough about God to say that I'm good enough to talk to another man about God is a giant game of telephone in my opinion. And if you've ever played telephone as a kid, it's a game where you sit in a circle or you sit in a line and one person whispers a message to one person and it goes all the way down the line. And then the person at the very end tells the message out loud. And the person that started the message either says, that's right. And nine times out of 10, they're going to be like, that's nothing at all of what I said. And that just shows. So if that's the line of communication from one to another, to another, to another, rather than a direct communication if that happens in a game would you bet your life on that game so why would you do that with your faith well going along with that i had this thought that the worldly training and understanding of what it takes to be a pastor or a minister i had this thought to come to mind just to ask you all both and um have you all been to law school no i have not been law school Yes, I have. Right. Because <laughs> I was wondering if anybody would have each side, because in the worldly, no. But I was just like, wait a minute. We've been to law school. We've been to seminary. We've been to medical school. We've been to um, physics training. We've been to astronomy. We've been to chemistry. We've been to mathematics. And and ultimately, the what I mean, this is tongue-in-cheek, but the wisdom of God to where somebody would say, well, you're not a lawyer. Well, with yeah i am because what is a lawyer they represent another person and what better representative than yeshua well walking in him you walk in the law you know the law you have wisdom of the law because you know the solution it's obedience to god is where the righteousness lies not in your own works and different things like that but um yeah Josh, what you were saying down the line i thought about social media that oh well social media makes it so much easier no just to reiterate what Phil said, because Moses got it directly from Yah. Did he have like, a, well, hold on, Yah, let me write a tablet. Let me get, hold on, tell me again. Let me record it. All right, let me listen back. That you would be training to where you would listen intently because you didn't have, not that you didn't have distraction, but you're getting it from Yah. And all right, I'm going to listen. And then you get help. And mother, you know, it said that mother helped as well. But you get that down the line and thinking about you teach it like the telephone aspect and you didn't have necessarily, and I don't know when it started, like where you had writing and papyrus and all that, but where you could write it down, that it was by word of mouth. And think about you would sit around and there's just, just a picture like the fire. We have the fire pit. You sit around the fire pit and, you know, Josh, the word says for us to talk about the law and, you know, when you go to and from, you talk about, it. we're going to talk about the law of God. What is the law of God? And you talk about it. And also, so Yah says, don't steal. So what does that mean? And you, you go back and forth and instead of, well, I know what that is, you know, but you train it and you, you train your kids and your family and you walk in it. And then this is the way of God. This is the way you teach your kids. And then they would teach their kids and it would kind of go down. But if you, the way it is now, you don't have that one-on-one -on -one time a lot of times because it's just a quick text and you don't have that 
interaction of, hey, now look, this is the way of God. This is the way you live and this is the example. So you better be living it and you watch the elders and how they're walking and what they're doing because this is important. And then that just got lost with more and more the laziness. And then it gets to, I mean, like you've got Noah that if I remember right, if you remember, I think it might've taken a hundred years to build the ark. Yah wasn't sitting there, come on, Noah, what is taking so long? Come on. No, that he knew he was doing the best that he could with what he had. And it wasn't about the speed of it. It was, Noah, you're a preacher of righteousness. You're an example of obedience that if people are making fun of you or whatever, it doesn't matter because, you know, all I know is I'm building this ark because Yah said, that's what I desire to do. That's what I'm going to do. I don't care how long it takes. You know, I'm going to do this. And Yah wasn't sitting there just like, come on, what is taking so long? It's got to be done now. You know, now, Noah, don't delay. You know, are you getting the wood? Are you being diligent, you know, working on it? And, you know, because he was doing that, but you're obedient to me. You'll have the amount of time that you need. So that's the key of it is, you know, doing what Yah said to do. Well, even like uh, Paul speaking to King Agrippa, you know, either long time or short, doesn't matter to me how long it takes you uh, to understand the truth. My goal is that you understand the truth no matter how long it takes, whether it takes two days or it takes 200 years. It doesn't matter as long as you find it before you perish from here. And just an interesting thought I had, and this is true for anybody, anybody who's going to be in the kingdom of God, you must build your own ark. See, Noah built the ark. He did the labor to build that ark. God sustained him while he was on the water. Now, he was told to build it to the specific specifications, just like uh, Moses was told about the tabernacle, that I'm giving you these instructions. Make sure that it's made to these instructions. Well, I'm telling you that if in today's age of technology that has made us, uh, it's really ruined us, in, in our minds, I really believe that a lot of technology has, is what has caused dementia because the, the forgetfulness of things, because you're not retaining it like you used to, because technology takes that away. And I can, I can tell, uh, I can speak to this from a uh, personal perspective because in the past, before we had cell phones, I can tell you, I could remember every single person's phone number that I was associated with. If I needed to call them, I could just dial the phone and do it. I didn't have to now, occasionally, if there were people that you didn't talk to very often, you might have to look their number up, but from the greatest perspective, I could remember, you know, 60, 70, 80 different numbers and it wasn't a problem. But I promise you that today with technology, because your phone does it for you, you just hit the contact button. You can't recite all the phone numbers that are in your phone. I could have done that in the past because we had to do that. You didn't always have something to write on. You didn't. And so you, you memorize the phone number. Somebody, okay, hold on. All right. Uh, five, four, zero, eight, eight, five, three, six, four, one, three, six, four, one, eight, five, three, six, four, one, eight, five, six, four, one. Okay. I got, you know, and you lock those things in, but I cannot do that today. And the reason I can't is because I've allowed the technology in the phone to ruin me 
I didn't do it intentionally, but getting caught up in the same thing everybody else does. And we've, we can't retain as much information. Why do we need computers with so much uh, hard drive so that we can, you know, we can store all this stuff because the hard drive in the computer now can hold more information than you can in your mind, where in the past, your mind could have held more information. Uh, and that, that's just a, a fact that technology makes us lazy. It makes us uh, forgetful. We, we can't retain things. Uh, so it, it's just another aspect of how we've been affected so that if God were to come to somebody today and just speak to them like he did Moses on the mountain and go through the list of everything that, and you can read it in the Old Testament, everything that God told uh, Moses to build the tabernacle and make sure that you build it to these instructions. Well, Moses didn't have all the, the, the he didn't have uh, papers and papers and papers of stuff to, no. He engaged with God. He wanted to do what was right, but he was in a place where his mind was capable of retaining that type of information because we didn't have the garbage of the technology that we have today that takes that out of our minds and puts it in a computer. And yes, there are people out there that have lots of information, but there's more information that you've forgotten because the computer does it. Now, if you have a specific job and you work those things over and over and over again, then you'll retain them so that when it comes up again, but you have to do it repetitiously so it gets in your mind. Well, I was just, I didn't even think about this. This is just interesting. With the Torah, that it, it's, and I don't know where it was written on this or if it even says it, but just from the, the understanding I have is that Moses wrote that. He doesn't have a pad of paper sitting there writing down all these experiences in Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers. And because if I remember right, Deuteronomy is like a summary of like after these times, that it's almost like a, a biography, um, autobiography that he's writing all this. And he, how did he remember all that? Well, the solution is mother bringing it to his mind that, but just keeping it all in his mind that he's able to sit down and write like his memoirs or, you know, information like that. Cause it would be like this. If we said, okay, Josh, Phil, Sean, Anna Ruth, Cindy, we're going to sit down and let's just go ahead and just, you know, in the beginning of the church, this is what we did. I mean, and with mother self, we could sit there and write what we did. Like we could go back and write it, but it, it just, I never thought about that. It wasn't like, he didn't have like a steno pad there just, all right, well, yeah, I told me this. So the spirit helped me. So I was, I led the people across here and like, Oh, wait a minute, hold on. You know, Egyptian army stop because I need to write that I'm, I need to hold the staff up in the air. And then, you know, just, I never thought about that, 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 very possibly that like at the end of his life, cause I don't know when he wrote it, but he wasn't just sitting there writing it as he went taking notes. It was, I mean, that's a lot of writing that's in there that it, it would take a while to write that and to go through all those experiences. And you know, y'all, what do you want me to write down? And 
you know, how that, you know, came about. That's just interesting. I never thought of it from that perspective. So Josh, when I ask you a question, which will just tie into what we're talking about. So Josh, okay, you ready for this? It's question of the day. Tell me what your great, great grandfather's name was. Why are you taking so long to think about it? If you'd have asked Moses who his great great grandfather was, he boom, right there. Here's Go I got it. It just took a minute. I uh it was so I knew him as granddaddy, but I don't know his full name, and that that's all I knew him as. And his wife was Mimi, and that's my great grandmother, and I have another great grandmother on my mother's side that was Gran, and that was her name. But I totally see where you're going with that, that why do you go through that? The thought that came to my mind, and this is, I'll admit this, this is again, we talk about a filter and being transparent. I know why I can't retain the stuff that I can't retain because I didn't consider it valuable. But do you know how many video game layouts are in my head from being a young kid? Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 from like the 80s. When play, oh, maybe 90s, when PlayStation came out, I can tell you every single level in that game. Why? Because I spent hours playing it to master it. There's games that I've done that with. There's movies and TV shows that are all locked in there. So we talk about a computer that has a spam folder or to delete the cookies out of a computer so it can run better. Why? Because when it gets too much junk in it, it slows down. Our brains are the same way. So I see right along with what you're talking about that the reason we struggle is because how much junk do I have stored in my brain that is totally useless information that's not going to help me in any way, shape, or form, but it's still stuck in there. And now that it's stuck in there, I got to figure out how to get it out. Right. You got to defrag it. (laughs) Yeah. So watch this. We'll step even a little bit closer to our time from Moses Let's step into the right, right at the dawn of the New Testament. Okay. Could you and your family or somebody that you've known about, could you do what Luke did when it came to the genealogy of Messiah? He didn't go back just great grandfather or great great grandfather, he took it all the way back to uh, Adam and Eve, I mean, Noah. I mean, everything was taken all the way back and he was naming the people. He didn't have a library of books that he was sitting there looking at. And okay, well, who was the next one? Okay. Let me write that down. Okay. Who was the next one? No, that was all retained in his mind. See, we had a greater ability back then as humankind to use a greater capacity of your mind. And therefore you were able to retain that information. And what you were talking about, Josh, just like with the uh, PlayStation, and this works with anything, even faith in God. The things that you will retain information-wise are the things that you engage in. When you are engaged in something, that means it's got your attention because you like it. You've got a passion for it. 
You've got a drive, you've got a desire, and therefore you're able to retain a lot more information. See, the problem is, as time has gone on, we've taken, we've taken the great computer that is our mind, and we've transferred the holding information to a laptop or to a desktop. And we don't have that ability now that they had back back then because we're in much more in corruption and we've allowed all these uh, quote-unquote great advances in technology to dumb us down. That honestly, most people can't answer a question themselves, but they have to go to the machine for the, the answer to the question. Now, it's not that the machine knows, but the machine is compiled of a bunch of different people putting a bunch of different information in, and therefore it's loaded down, but not one individual on the face of the earth could sit there and uh, dictate to you every single piece of information, words that are in a computer. It, it's, it's not possible. And so we have to recognize that if you want to have faith in God, you truly want to have faith in God, it has to capture you. It, it has to be your desire. It has to, you have to be engaged in it. You have to want those things. And when you do, you will be able to retain the information just like we are. I have such a great ability now to retain information about God that I didn't have even five years ago. And as I continue, the passion that I have continues to grow. The desire I have continues to grow and the engagement I have because those grow. So does the engagement. And because the engagement grows, I'm excited about it and I learn new things and I'm able to retain them. I'm able to know it. It's just like I was engaged in all the, the phone numbers that I needed to have uh, when I was younger. And, you know, we, we started to get into the beepers and then the cell phones and computers. And it's just continually. Uh, and that's why we've got to be careful because it, it's the quick fix, you know, except Jesus is Lord and Savior. It's, it's done. Okay. It's in the computer. I got it. No, there's so much more to it. And you're only going to get it if you're willing to put it in, put in time. And the key factor is, is how much time are you willing to put in to have this faith? You know, I started on this faith journey back in, it was about 1995, 19, well, 1994, no, 95. I was after uh, my first son was born, and my wife was like, we're the adults here. Shouldn't we be going to church? And I wasn't seeking with all of my heart at that time. It was just the base thing. But then getting into the... Uh, about oh, around year 2000 of really starting to pull things apart and evaluate. And, uh, it was after I went to that, uh, I went on a mission trip to Brazil that I had some experiences there that really changed my, my mindset. And I started to dig deeper and 
it was still 14 years, 15 years from that point until I had circumcision of the heart. The key is, is that if you want to have the truth of God, you've got to have determination, grit, and desire. And that desire is, I don't care how long it takes. As long as I get it before I die, that's what matters to me. If it takes two weeks, great. If it takes uh, 15 years, I'm going to put in the time. If that's what it takes, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, Too many people just want the quick. Why? Because that's what we're programmed for. You got to get the quick fix. Got to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Oh, done. Don't have to worry about it. But that quick fix is going to get you nowhere in the kingdom of God and everywhere in the abyss, in the burning flames for those who are in opposition to God. Well, do you all notice that Yah is not on the worldly social media platforms? Like, where do we have a site where it just says Yah and then like they post things and, but they're on social media. They're just not on the worldly platform. You've got to get onto their platform, you know, before them, you know, like draw near to God and they'll draw near to you. Like you draw near to them, then you can get to where you can communicate with them. And I had this thought as you were talking about the, what the social media does is that it does. Cause thinking about me, like I used to watch NASCAR a lot. I can name all the drivers, the tracks, like it wouldn't even have to think twice. Like I could tell you the length of them, the drivers, the numbers, all that, because how much time did I spend with it? But it really does is that it makes you where you use less and less of your mind. And that that's a trick of the enemy that if I can get you to use more of your mind for ungodly things, because I didn't even correlate that to dementia because what was it? Was it Noah or Abraham that lived like 900 and some years might've been probably Noah that, that, it, and then even like Abraham was like, gosh, what was he a hundred or more? Like when he had Isaac, I mean, they were, they were older. I mean, they weren't young, maybe 90 or more. And you would think a 90 year old woman today. And this isn't putting a blanket on anything, but most of you think of 90 or a hundred year old men or women, they're not having kids now. No way. But back then it would have been, you know, yeah. I mean, think about how many kids you would have in those societies. If you're 500 years old, you're 600 years old. Well, even if you had a child, like every four or five years, you're five or 600 years old. Like think about the family you would have and all the people that, and you would know all those names because you would be around them and you would travel in a tribe and you would know them intimately. And, you know, it'd be no problem to say, well, you know, Josh and Anna Ruth, you know, begot Liliana. And then it just keeps going and going and going. And you could, yeah, we could go back. Cause I've lived 600 years and I've been using my mind. I've built my own house. I've taken, making my own food that you mean to tell me that somebody else is making your food. Are you going to their house as a guest? No, you're not making your own food. What's wrong with you? Why are you being lazy? You know, or, and they had to walk everywhere they went. Like Abraham wasn't on an airplane, you know, go where. So we got to go through mountains and it'd be like this, like no roads or anything. Just go up to humpback rock you know, or whatever, or go to Mount Everest or go to whatever, and just go, there's no roads. You figure it out. Well, where are we going to put the animals? Where are we going to stay? Well, you don't know how to build a fire. You don't know how to pitch a tent. What do you mean? Well, you know, how are you even living? You don't know how to build a house. You don't know how to build a boat. You don't know how to carve. Like they had to make their own tools. Like they don't have a Lowe's or Home Depot back in those times. So it is, it's just the slow decline and dysfunction just keeps going 
and the enemy will just grab onto that. And if people aren't really searching for it, then he knows that they're going to keep going to these, the social media in the world. And you're going to listen to whatever I put out there. You're going to have your strings pulled unless you say, no, I'm putting that all on the shelf. I'm seeking God with all my heart. You know, I'm going to figure this out and you'll come to it. But if not, and you just stay in the world, it's just a slow fade. You know, we, we've listened to that song. It's a slow fade. And, and it was interesting because I didn't even correlate that scripture with Paul, with King Agrippa, that it doesn't matter, like you said, how long it takes, as long as you get it. So if it takes a short time or it takes a long time, it wasn't Paul saying, well, I don't care. It's just, I can't convince you of this, but if it takes you a long time or short, just make sure you find it. And he wasn't like, you know, King Agrippa, I'm coming back because you need to figure this out and you need to, no, I'm just moving on. Because he even said, you almost convinced me. And he didn't say, well, you know, yeah, I'll convince you. No, you, you have to come to it by your own seeking and your own discovery. And you can move to it quicker. Anna Ruth moved through it uh, fairly rapidly, but she was going at it with everything. And part of the process that I went through and Sean, you went through it. And Josh, you, you, I mean, you, the longevity of it is gives us such a great base of heart knowledge and wisdom because of the solutions that have come out of it. And just on a side note, uh, Noah was uh, 950 when he died. Now, watch watch the uh, deterioration of corruption in the human body down to Abraham, okay? Now, this is just from Noah to Abraham, all right? Abraham lived 175 years, you know, because, and, and it's because of the corruption of the body that it continued to spiral in a, in a downward perspective. And so, uh, just interesting little bits of information, uh, that you get. Well, I was just thinking to, just to interject on that, that in today's day and age and people be like, yeah, I want to live to be 985, but you better rethink that because as a corruption gets worse, it would be so much more dysfunction that you would be like, please, I don't, I can't take this anymore because it's just so, but, but back then it's like you would be, because you would be physically and mentally doing things with, you know, less corruption so it would make sense that you would be, you know, making your own food. You wouldn't be eating the foods that are around and, you know, the pollution and, and the poisons and all that stuff to where you didn't have that. You would be eating like the whole foods because you didn't have companies making food. You had to grow your own food. There weren't pesticides. And in that region that they're in, you would have like the lower, you know, what do you call it? Like the olive oil has the lower, like more of the monosaturated you know, not like the real saturated fats and stuff. Plus you're, you're active all the time. It would make sense that you would live longer, but you live longer because the mind, the body follows the mind. So you're, you, you know, things are not as they, they still are, you know, dysfunction is there, but it's not like, I mean, think about like Adam and Eve, how long they would have lived. I don't, I don't even remember their, if it has their ages in the Bible or not, but just as it keeps going down, it's going to get, you know, less and less years. If I'm not mistaken, the oldest person that is quoted in the Bible, and this is what's in the Bible, okay, I'm not sure about uh, 
what's not in the Bible. So, but what's in the Bible, I believe it's 985 years. I believe it was uh, Methuselah was the one that lived the longest of anybody. Um, but, you know, people are like, oh, that was, they just didn't do time right at that time, or they did time different than we do. No, it's the fact that the body was, was in a place where it was created. Uh, it was in the, the form that it was created to be, but it was in a corrupt world. So corruption was going to take over as time goes on and as time goes by. And I uh, definitely technology, I'm not going to say that it's a blanket causes everybody to have dementia, but it causes everybody to have less and less retention in their memory of things unless they're actually engaged in it. And if you're engaged in it, it's over and over and over again. And here's the thing. Okay. What is one of the top things that they tell people that they need to do to avoid dementia? Use your mind. I was going to say exercise your mind. Right. Exercise your mind. Your word games, word puzzles, uh, Sudoku, um, crossword. Uh, engage your mind in something. You know, work your mind. Well, that's what they were doing back in the back, back in the past when they were able to remember. No, uh, Moses being able to remember all the details that God gave about the tabernacle, because it was, this is what the outer wall is going to be made of. And that this is what the fabrics that hang on those outer walls are going to be made with. And the anchors that are driven into the ground to hold this wall, these, these outer, uh, the outer wall up. And then the, what the basin for washing and, the all the uh, the altar and you know then you go into the uh, holy place and then all the implements and the stuff in there and make them like this and make sure they're covered with this the gold and they and I mean specific would you know make the ark out of acacia wood and you know and then cover it with gold and you know just <laughs> so many different things that Moses had to remember but in his day and time. It wasn't a matter of, no, oh, just put it in the computer. We'll we'll open it and pull it up later. That's what we do now. I need information. So instead of me, and, and I've been guilty of this, and I'm trying to work away from that, is I've uh, been guilty of wanting to, I remember a scripture, but I don't remember where it is. So I'll pull out my phone and type in, you know, a couple words, and it, boom, there, it'll tell you. But should I be doing that? No, it's not going to be beneficial if I don't actually get out the Bible and dig for it. Don't don't pull it up on your phone. Oh, Colossians three uh, eight. Okay, dig for it. Look for it. Try to figure out where exactly that it is. And the more you dig like that, you will gain other information that you pick up. Because, well, it's not in this section, but look what I picked up in this section. And this, this is, and that makes so much sense. So just I aspect it's uh, good to realize that it, even looking something up in the Bible, look it up in the Bible. Go, <laughs> go to that encyclopedia 
and go through it until you figure it out. Well, when we talk about the instantaneous things that take place in the media, it's not just the media. We have a society. We've all gotten lazy with different things. And just evaluating what we talked about in the last podcast about desire versus want. Well, I kind of want this versus, no, I desire this. Well, there's a driving force behind it. If I want grape jelly, peanut butter and grape jelly, for a sandwich, go to the grocery store, I buy the jelly, I buy the peanut butter, I come home, I put it on the bread. If I wanted a peanut butter and jelly sandwich 100 years ago, I'd have to wait almost a year to get it. I'd have to grow the berries, have to grow the peanuts, have to, obviously bread doesn't take near as long to produce as berries and peanuts, but still, I mean, you go through that whole process. If I wanted a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, no, 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 no. I desire that because it's going to take at least a year. And that's if the berries go through and if the peanuts go through and if it's a good harvest and if they're sweet, you're talking about a year for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So if that's just for food and that doesn't depend on my life because there's other ways to eat, that should be your faith journey. It should take you the rest of your life working on your faith journey to produce that, ooh, this peanut butter and jelly sandwich is good, but what if we added blackberries to it? So now you're going to work on growing blackberries. Well, this wisdom about law is awesome, but what if we add a spiritual aspect of law to it? And then you're sweetening that, uh, that knowledge, that understanding to apply more wisdom to it as you grow through faith. So really going back to if you want this, that's not enough. It has to be a driving desire that you cannot escape. And when I say that, you don't want to escape it, but it doesn't flee your mind. It's something that's always there 24-7. It doesn't mean you don't have other things that come up, but in those moments where you're not having to give all of your focus to a task, you're focusing on this. And as you continue to do that with faith through time, you'll be able to focus on faith Throughout your tasks, throughout your work, throughout whatever you're doing in your life, faith then becomes your life. And it gets woven into everything and stitched into everything. And if that's not a true desire, then faith is not for you because it will absolutely consume your life. And it should. Because I like to cook, I was just thinking about the taste of a peanut butter and jelly where if you took the peanuts have you ever seen have you ever seen how real peanut butter is made like they i mean really you just crush up the peanuts and and you know you have the oil like sit on the top like if you get the natural peanut butter but i thought about think about if you had the vine ripe um uh, strawberries and you didn't have sugar but you just took like the sweet strawberries and just mashed them and then put them on freshly baked bread that you just made into like a sourdough loaf and then spread that peanut butter that without the preservatives and then you put the the crushed strawberries on top it's like that would be but the things that you make like that taste so much better because you did the effort or does it taste better to go to sheets and get a peanut butter and jelly that's been in the cooler for yeah and you're just shaking your head because you know what's what it's going to taste better like you can like experience the taste of it like taste that the word of god is good that like you taste that ripe strawberry of like that truth that you get as opposed to strawberries that are shipped in green and they're not ripe and 
it's just like it, you know, faith is a recipe. It just makes it so much worth making it the right way, you know, to, um, to do that. But guys, I tell you what, we've got a good stopping point here. We got a lot of information, went a lot farther. I wasn't expecting, um, all this stuff, but it was interesting because mother told me just to, you know, just like a stream flow and open your mouth, it'll flow. You'll be get, you'll get what you need. And everybody got with what they needed. And so, um, uh, as we sign off for the evening, guys, anything you want to add or anything you want to say? Nothing. Well, um, as we talked about social media, you know, it's, uh, it's not the platform, it's the content. And we do have a, um, social media platform on Facebook. We've got, uh, hidden treasures revealed on there. If you'd like to post a comment or have any questions, you know, be, would enjoy getting that from, um, you know, those who would like to, to do that. And we also have an email address, which is hidden treasures revealed at aol.com and if you have any questions or you'd like to send an email you know you never know we could have a future podcast with a topic or socratic questions so uh, guys it's been a really good conversation really enjoyed it a lot of revelation information and um you know who knows with you as well the podcast could go on for 985 years you never know but um <laughs> but anyway um, it's been good talking to everybody um, we enjoy the podcast and just so glad that you allowing us to do this so um Everybody have a good evening. And just another reminder, we do have a podcast on Saturday mornings at 6 a.m. Eastern time uh, as well. And, you know, we'll have that this Saturday and, you know, we'll see where we, where y'all takes it from there. But everybody have a great evening and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Reveal. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life and especially in faith is discovery. If we try to convince you of things, you may gain head knowledge, but if we let you discover things, you will have heart knowledge to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure non-stop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.